So, the Baldism Sunday Sesh, that's what this is. In Baldism, you know, BJ's your bro. We all know that. So what I want to just tell you guys is that the purpose of this is pretty simple. There's things that are working in my life and that I practice that make my life more enjoyable. I want to share those things with you guys. And I also hope that you guys in turn will share the things that are working in your life, that you'll share what you're practicing and what's working. Because I think we can have amazing conversations here. We've got an amazing community. And in fact, we should all know each other and we should all be spending time talking with one another, sharing what works, sharing what doesn't, what it is, what it is. I want to talk a little bit about cause and effect. We've all heard of this, cause and effect. One thing happens and it causes something else to happen. But there's a unique way of thinking about that. You can think of it as because. Like when you say because, you're basically making an excuse, right? You're basically saying that this happened because. Um, and you're disempowering yourself. So you can either suffer from someone else's power causing you problems or you can take the power from the effect of that happening, enjoy the feeling of ownership within yourself and really it just comes down to choosing. You either get excuses or you get results, and it's totally up to you what you do with the results that you get. That's about all I got right now. I think that's a pretty heavy one to talk about. That's a pretty heavy one to start with. And now I'm just going to get into the temple and the BJ Temple. <laughs> it's a good name, huh? I'm going to invite you guys up to speak if you want to. Can you talk? Can you hear me? I buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, Ski. We got this. Shit. I buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> you must be my age. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm quite elderly. CD, can you hear us at all? I hear some banging. <laughs> oh, that, that may be me. <laughs> uh, there we go. Ah, shoot, man. The machines are signaling, signaling like really high pitched uh, frequencies through the headphones into my head when you try to talk. It's a nightmare. What the heck? <laughs> I buy Bitcoin. Anthony, how are you? What time is it there? It's 8 30, but like I'm rise with the chickens, go to sleep with the chickens kind of guy these days. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah, man. It's hella cozy. We got the wood stove fired up. And yeah, it's nice. So you're enjoying the off off grid life? Oh, I am, man. It's so good. Um, it's like total freedom. Well, not total freedom. But I'm like one of these like guys. Like, um, like I'm a. I hate to use a movie analogy, but like Truman in that Truman Show movie where he's like trying to always find the exit door uh, to get out of the bubble. Out, out in the woods, you know, it's not totally out of the bubble, but it's like it's through that door. And through a couple other doors, but you know, there's still some doors. It's always a series of doors. Pretty crazy, like in the bubble. How you? Uh, how are you? How are you pulling money these days? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, it's nothing too fabulous. I have like a small amount of like freelance work I do, mainly for like outlaw films and guerrilla convict. Hmm. And uh, that gets us by only because our, you know, we we don't really live high on the hog out here. Hey, know, man. It's, it's more sim- simple and, and toned down, but that also means, you know, we don't have, you know, a bunch of bills that require, you know, a regular kind of job. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, that's, that's I think, success in my book. I don't know. I'm watching a cat and a rabbit play together, so that's success. <laughs> Delta Rat, what are, you, what are you doing these days? 
uh, just working, fishing. Only things I do. That's it. Anthony's watching a cat yeah. and a rabbit. You're fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this got so like uh, agriculture, like rural. Yeah. Hey man, the it's a good night. Moon's out. <laughs> <laughs> I went hiking in the rainforest today, so you know that's something else too. We're living, we're living our best lives out here. Yeah, I think so. Right. So you guys couldn't hear anything that I was saying the whole like the whole time before I brought you up on the stage, and then after we were on the stage, we we're just figuring this out that way, huh? Yeah, we missed your 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 entire sermon. Or <laughs> 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 whatever you do. Yeah, you. I'll, I'll keep it short. You guys want to hear it? I'll share sure. it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so. So what I was talking about is, is basically the whole idea of the Sunday sesh, the baldism Sunday sesh, is that you know we, we all have things that work for us. We all have things that are making our lives better and more enjoyable, and we should be sharing those things with each other. And whether that's concepts or ideas or, you know, alpha in terms of crypto or investments or, you know, ways to like network and, and you know, make cool things, that's sort of the point of, of – this community really of the Sunday sesh, especially. So the idea that I brought this time was something that I read the other day, which I just, I, I started thinking about it and I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Um, and it all started from this, this dude saying, he basically said, when you're responsible, it means that you're able to respond. All right. You're, you're responsible. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it, it got me to thinking about like, so what are you responsible for? And, and cause and effect is something that I, I return to all the time. You know, cause is like one thing happens and then it causes another and that's the effect. And so most people, and I think this was me for most of my life, I have suffered from other people causing effects and and that's my perception of it right I've, I've said that i suffer because this happened because this person did this or this situation happened i'd be like well because this happened this happened you know and and ski you know i, I could say my experience in the marine sucked because i broke my leg and didn't get any deployments or or whatever um but by doing that i'm actually making excuses and i'm actually like giving that a that cause all the power that I might otherwise be able to take from the effect, which the effect would be like, Hey, you know what? I didn't get deployed, but I stayed where I stayed and I made the friendships that I made and I got the benefits that I got out of that. And suddenly instead of a limiting belief, it becomes a empowering belief as I own it, you know? So I, I can either suffer from the cause or I can benefit from the effect and it's really comes down to like choosing. It's like a mindset of like choosing excuses over choosing results. And I think for most of my life, and I think most people, it's they, they choose the excuses instead of the results. Um, and a lot of that is just because our brain is creating the world around us and it's listening to what we're saying and to the way that we're saying it. And so when we're like, oh, because, because, because we're like the cause, the cause, the cause. So the power is outside of me. But by flipping that over, you know, we can render the world in a different way, really. Like whether you're, you know, just like rendering a film or rendering, um, you know, a metaverse world, um, suddenly we're able to respond with truth and failure is only feedback at that point. So that's that was my my Sunday sesh sermon, <laughs> if you will. 
What do you guys think? Go for it, Delta. You got it first. I I, I had to take a, a quick uh, inhale to like process my thoughts because that first did not get well, I've been in the last couple hours, so <laughs> I'm kind of slow with the thoughts. But it kind of reminded me of I had a mentor kind of years ago, right? Mentor slash, he, he was helping, <laughs> was hoping to help us, you know, before the divorce set in. But it didn't work. But his thing was, it's if you're going to, you know, it's everything, how you perceive everything is made up in your mind. So you might as well make it up to your benefit. Here, here. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so that it's kind of how I, what you said, you know, that's kind of how it just related to me. And yeah, I suck at that shit. <laughs> no, I, I I liked your thoughts. They were very good. <laughs> I, I totally was picturing agree. I was picturing what a t shirt that says don't because be the cause. I don't know. I'm not getting the words out, but like Oh you need nice. to be the cause you Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm like I'm at the phase of the night where it's, it's like it may be a totally awful slogan, but it might be really awesome. But beyond that, so I'm thinking like in my own life, uh, my circumstances were because of my upbringing, they did not put a premium on higher education. In fact, it was it was looked down upon. So, you know, when I was getting out of high school, you know, that was not an option when I was getting out of high school at 16, mind you, that was not an option that uh, was open to me. And for a long time, I felt just really shitty and really down on myself. You know, because I did not have the degree. And I was put in work in situations where it's like, oh, man, you can do all this and that. We'd love to give you a job. but And so I felt like that kind of reinforced, reinforced it a little bit in me. But, like, honestly, like, the plucky DIY, um, you know, I don't want to use I don't know what term I want to use. But just go out there and try to make it happen for yourself. And those doors do open for you. And let's see, what else am I going to say? Oh, what you said was really powerful about, uh, I guess, just being careful about the words we speak. Because the words we speak, you know, you can think something and that has power. But when you speak it and you put it out there, uh, at least from my perspective, it, it seems to have serious power behind it. So I try to use our words carefully around, around here. You know, that reminds me of, uh, did you guys ever like, I mean, in the pop culture sense, did you ever see that, that book or, or movie, the Se the secret, I think it was, it kind of talks about yeah. that, but one of the concepts that I think it was in that book, it might've, I might've gotten it from somewhere else, but I think it came from that was this idea of that our subconscious mind doesn't recognize negatives. So when we say, um, I don't want to be a shitty person, basically all it's all our subconscious mind is hearing. I want to be a shitty person, <laughs> so so we have to be really careful about saying those negatives, and instead focus on the positives and be like, I want to be an awesome person. Um, I don't know. That just that you triggered that in me, Anthony. Like, um, so we kind of feel like even if it's own, you know, even if there's no like spiritual overlay to it, which you know I believe there is, but like even if there's not, just speaking good things. 
and being thankful for things is healthy on the mind. <laughs> you know, it doesn't get you all bogged down in, you know, the weeds of this little soap opera that's happening here or this little drama that's going on here. I, I guess that's one of the blessings we have to be out in the woods. It's like kind of be in our own little world of happiness. And I don't know, that's a good thing or bad thing sometimes, but for our mental health, it's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, hey, I, actually, let me introduce you guys to each other. So um, Delta Rat and I were in the Marine Corps together. We uh, we had many adventures, some of them psychedelic, and uh, we haven't hung out since the Marines long ago. But uh, but yeah, amazing, amazing human being and, and sort of crypto brought us back together. And and then Anthony, Gorilla Convict and I, we both participated in a um, in a novel contest it was like a con we wrote novels for NaNoWriMo and then I think if I'm remembering this right both of our novels were um in the contest I don't I, am I remembering that right Anthony yeah I had a doc knock off the cobwebs of the old hamster wheel to figure it out the other day but yeah so we both did that those books for NaNoWriMo but then there was a contest by a little indie startup called Curiosity Quills and they had like, oh, you know, you know, whoever gets the most social media votes or whatever gets, you know, the little publishing contract deal. So you and I were both competing for that, which we both did well. I ended up winning. But like the, the, the lighting for you is that a publisher turned out to be one of those really bad ones that doesn't like, you know, pay people and kind of just went <laughs> defunct. Oh, no. <laughs> so you dodged, that sucks. So you dodged a bullet. <laughs> I mean, but like, whatever they, they did put out my book and people, people read it and stuff. So whatever, but yeah, they just, you know, it didn't work out for them, but yeah, that, that, that's the backstory. Okay. That's what I thought. And then, um, and then we just became friends in the process of that. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't remember. I remember being happy that you won, but, um, I, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks that, uh, that it wasn't like a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. No, but like the good thing was like after that, like um, you had the the blog going on on Vagabond. Uh, it was more travel oriented back in the time, and then I was doing some cross country trip with my family, and I I wrote about that that entire trip, you know, like little installments that you were kind enough to put online for for me. Oh, so, I. I loved that series, man. I mean, your honesty in it, like, and just the emotion. I mean, it was basically, I think, while your marriage was collapsing, right? Yeah, and I don't specifically allude to that in the, in the whole story. You know, it's basically a road trip. But, like, at the time, man, my whole world was imploding in on itself in many, many ways. You know, it wasn't the marriage, really, but it was just my entire world was imploding around me. And... I didn't know if I was going to be able to like, you know, get out of it and I don't know, be, be better. But like we ended up taking a, you know, a two week road trip. I was like, okay, we're going to do one last family road trip. And, you know, so we loaded it up the car. and I wasn't really thinking like one last family road trip like that, but I felt like, Oh, if we can just do this one thing together. So yeah, we wrote, wrote about it all the way through our journey and back, but it was that last, very last uh, one I wrote. And I wish I could remember what I wrote, but it was like, oh, it's. I look back at, now on it and it's like, oh man, brother, you knew this was the end of the journey. This was the end of the 
effing road. I think <laughs> you were right about it. It's still online, Anthony. I think it's still there on Vagabond. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, it's something Route sixty six or something, I think. But I, I'd have to relook at it. But that's the uh, that was like a prophetic piece piece of writing. Like sometimes I'm writing and I'm really working on my issues in my head, and I didn't even realize it. <clears throat> so you, you're basically writing about your kind of world, your marriage dissolving. No, it was more the tone of like, here's um, what's that movie? National Lampoons. <clears throat> you know, it was just that family trip. You know, look okay. see all these these natural wonders and stuff. It was no hint of anything other than happiness until you get kind of or dysfunction until you get to this last episode and i forgot the whole context of it but it's like obviously like uh my life's shifting it's about to go down another path but Uh, yeah i'm I'm happy i'm happy for that series and i I was happy that uh cd put it out there and uh, it's it's a window of my life so i'm glad it's somewhere so the story, the, the series was called Syncopated Family Travel or Syncopated Road Trip. And I always thought that syncopated like sounded, it was a little bit prophetic in terms of like, I felt like that word sort of defined like a dark edge, actually. And I, I, I guess in music it doesn't, but sort of syncopated family travel, it, it sort of sounded a little bit dark to me with that title. I think at the time I was thinking um, syncopated as an offbeat, you know, like, oh, here's offbeat. But I feel like it's a better title in retrospect because it's like could also mean like out of step or out of line or, you know, no longer together as far as the beat goes. See, that's that's what I always took it as like out of out of step, basically out of step family travel, but offbeat family travel. Yeah, if I it's funny, I never actually thought of it that way. I remember the. I think my favorite one in the series was where you were um your your daughter was a vegan, right? Or trying out being a vegan and you had to find some place to feed her. Does that sound familiar? It's a long time ago. Yeah, that was like the theme of the entire entire thing, not like story-wise, but just family-wise because she was exploring, you know, her feelings about things and at that time she was very strongly vegan like militantly vegan. <laughs> and so as parents, we were trying to like, you know, do a road trip and make that happen. And honestly, like, I'm sure I was whining. Like I'm, I don't eat meat now, so, but like, I'm sure I was whining at the, <laughs> that's the funny thing. But at the time, I'm sure I was whining about it. Cause yeah, it's pain in the ass. but like, man, we got to do cool things. Like we went to this, like, you know, vegan breakfast place in LA and ran into, um, one of my daughter's favorite musicians and stuff. So, you know, it was just like experiences like that opened up and like, maybe I got a new perspective on food that way. It would kind of like came back later in life, but yeah, I, I you're making me want to go back and read, read these. So I could be like, Oh yes, this time. But like, I feel like, I don't know if it's a PTSD thing or it's like where you just compartmentalize periods of your life. and kind of like, okay, you don't open those doors anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's a better idea not to. Yeah, sometimes sometimes that's the case. You know what's really funny, guys? Is it, so here at my house, it was dead quiet all day. I live in an apartment um, attached. It's like a house that's split, split into three apartments. It was dead quiet all day. Um, 
And like as soon as we started this, um, apparently the washer has broken and become loud and somebody put in a load of clothes. So I don't know if you can hear that sound or not, but if you can, that's a, a loud ass washing machine. Uh, it's all good. Not a problem. So how did you get into, you know, the Web3 stuff? Yeah. Because you're definitely both writers. So how did you get involved? Yeah. Which one of you are, are you, which are you asking both or, or well, one? Or? Well, yeah. Yeah. Both of you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'll go first um, just because, so I'll make it a, a pretty quick story, but uh, essentially I've always been fascinated by people and I went to university and I just decided I was going to study the things that interested me, which took me to anthropology and studying people. And also I'm interested in tech. So I started studying the, the technology, the anthropology with tech. And it took me into a class on video game cultures. This was around 2008. And in that class on video game cultures, we read a book called Play Money by a guy named Julian DeBell. And Play Money was this amazing book where he looked at the video game World of Warcraft and he looked at how uh, what they called Chinese gold farmers were essentially um, playing the video game, earning gold in World of Warcraft. And then there were exchanges where you could change the gold into actual money. And so it was digital virtual money that you could earn from playing video games and translate into real dollars or real yen or whatever. Um, And I was just fascinated by it. And so because of that, I started following around 2008, um, I started following all of these like cryptocurrencies and different things that were happening. And about the time that Anthony and I became friends, I was watching, it was about the time that birth, birth of Bitcoin had happened and Bitcoin was, was sort of taking off its first thing a little bit. I think it had like gone just over a dollar and Right at that time, Amazon launched this thing called Amazon Coin. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this Bitcoin thing, but if Amazon is launching a virtual currency, I want some of that. So I spent a few hundred dollars and bought Amazon Coin with the money that I had and, and didn't buy any Bitcoin, even though I was like following it. <laughs> so I, and Amazon Coin never became worth more than a dollar. I think you can still use the Amazon Coins to buy things for one dollar on Amazon. And it's not a cryptocurrency, but... Watching all of that, I saw the birth of crypto and what fascinated me about Bitcoin and about cryptocurrency and later on Ethereum was this idea of getting rid of the middlemen, which I feel like has always been the problem. The problem has always been people in the middle exploiting the people on both ends. They charge the, the person buying more than they need to and they charge they they pay the person who's creating less than they need to and they keep all the profits so that you have these middlemen who are basically blood suckers and parasites that are sucking us all dry they're they're killing the creators by taking as much of the profit as they can and they're killing the the consumers of creation by taking as much as they're willing to pay or able to pay and in some cases by creating a need which then they exploit and so for me bitcoin and ethereum and and the whole decentralized philosophy all of this stuff really comes down to eliminating that kind of blood sucking, that kind of exploitation. I feel like it's a good tool for us to be able to escape from that somehow. And it's it's the first time in my life that I've ever seen a tool that really looks like it could do it. I feel like CD's answer is going to be the definite most informed one. I'm completely new to Web3 space. I didn't even know there was a Web3, but I at least know that much now. My experience with crypto is very, very limited. Oh, my God, really? 
Yeah, it's like I went from, you know, a highly religious environment and I'm just some office workers. But it was also a time in my life where I was like really spiritually exploring things. Like I just got out of the, you know, the high control group and I'm I'm ready to open my mind to anything. So I had this idea like, I forget the details of it. Kashimoto. Yeah, back then when Papa John's was good, I'm still (laughs) like, that still ain't worth it. So to answer uh, Delta Rat's uh, question a little more intelligibly and not just with some crazy old-timers anecdote, um, I'm like a creative person. Uh, Technology to enable creativity has always been kind of a thing in my life. Um, When I was doing music, it was having like digital audio recording equipment on a laptop, you know, that opened things up where you could start making music that sounded, let's not say totally professional, but reasonable in your basement, you know, stuff like that was cool. Um, I've always been into like um, computer programs, you know, your Photoshops, your Illustrators, you know, these are these are the tools I've always worked with as a creative person. Um, Now it's getting into the AI space, which a lot of creative and artistic people, you know, have concerns about, you know. And um, so I guess that's my involvement in in Web3 is, which I'm told AI is Web3, but, you know, learning how these tools work and can they be used um, to, to do creative stuff. Please, you guys don't ever implicate yourself like it's the Internet. Gotcha. Not a problem. But still, we're on the internet, and who knows who records what on the internet. It's one reason why I like Discord is like we can see who's in here, but um, you know, still can never be too careful, I suppose. Yeah, and just so you know, I started November of twenty one, so pretty much right at the peak, I started buying Bitcoin, <laughs> and I'm still playing catch up. <laughs> having fun yeah but uh are, are you doing okay man i yeah. mean are you, yeah good i know yeah. when, well, when you, you know, first I, got I'm into it you had a lot money. of questions but um but you're like you're all right right i buy bitcoin i don't sell the libertarian in me i want to stay off of a lot of shit <laughs> and i don't know how like even you're that sent things you know i can't even figure out how to put a wallet on there you know so all these ball jesus thing it's just whatever's on the web that's the only thing I could figure out how to do. Yeah, I think you just with Scent, you just you just build an account and they give you a wallet and then uh, you can transfer it to another account. But the weird thing with Scent is if like I've charged for the uh, for the ones on vagabond.scent.co and uh-huh. there's no way for people to pay with crypto. They have to pay with fiat, so they have to like set up a wallet um, that that uses like their use Stripe or something like that. So it's really weird. Um, it's a crypto thing, but it's all done in fiat so i I wish they would change that yeah that'd be nice but i can't freaking it's even possible to buy freaking crypto you know because like my bank won't with stripe won't connect so i have to go frick different ways yeah so i just use strike yeah it's easy yeah we're we're kind of in this we're a little bit in the same boat in Hawaii. Like I think Hawaii is worse. Like we only have a couple of exchanges that we can use and they all are completely doxxed. So you can't anonymously buy crypto in Hawaii anymore. I mean, I, I guess people figure out ways to do it, but um, for the most part, but Anthony, this is one of the reasons why I love the crypto space is that because the crypto space is new, because it's sort of redefining the way that finance works and it's creating a new asset class. And this is still the case. I mean, we're still very new and with NFTs as well and the the different use cases and ideas that behind NFTs and the way that NFTs a lot of times will launch and then become worth, 
in the in 2021 insane amounts of money so because of that there's these opportunities to to basically get free money and so this is one of the reasons why in baldism i always encourage people to figure out how to transact on chain you know take you know just take part in small things you know like get a little crypto use it buy something cheap um you know play a game buy it buy a cheap nft buy a couple coins but figure out a way to do it because there's these opportunities that come up that sometimes there's just insane amounts of money and and i haven't hit one of these yet but they exist and i know that they're coming again so it's worthwhile to create like you know a wealthy community of people who basically help each other to find opportunities. And when I say wealthy, I mean wealthy in lots of different ways, but you know, if we do this right, we can all become, we can all become beneficiaries of it without having to sell our souls. Well, the, and, well, that's glad you said that. Cause my part is okay. What happened? Like NFTs, the person holding, <laughs> what is the board eight? What are people doing with board apes now? Now, uh, well, the price yeah. on them is is going back up. So a lot of the people oh, that know. had them sold, and now uh-huh. they're looking and seeing the price going back up. But a lot of the people that are like true believers have have stayed with it, and they're you know I think what they're about thirty two ETH, so about sixty sixty thousand dollars, something like that. But what um, are people doing besides the prestige of a board eight? What is the community, the, the actual, you know, that it's the NFTs for, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of the question. Like, you know, what was happening in 2021 was people were attaching it to businesses. They were like doing different things with them. And just being part of that community gave you access to certain chats and to certain people that you mm. could get a lot of, I, I guess valuable information that's what um when we talk about alpha anthony when that's what we're talking about we're talking about we're talking about essentially insider information or valuable information that isn't necessarily available to other people that you can profit from so i post some of that sometimes in the in the alpha channel here there's there's a couple of them but you know since we've closed the discord i just put it all in the public alpha channel there's things that you can download for free there's things that um you know Maybe someone says, oh, hey, you know, the, the ETF is going to get approved. And if we can if we can find that stuff out first, it's a it's a benefit for us because it tells us that the pump is going to happen and then we can sell. So that's that's what the alpha is. And and as far as the board apes, you know, community has always, you know, been the backbone of it. But where Yuga Labs and board apes, where they really succeeded was they were early and they kept giving value. So if you owned and and we do have friends that have done this i think um so if you owned a board ape at the beginning that you minted for you know a couple hundred bucks so that board ape at one point got well above a hundred thousand dollars but then by owning the board ape you were dropped a mutant ape and actually i think you were dropped a couple of potions or, or mutant serums and those mutant serums allowed you to to create two mutants from your board ape. The mutants at one point got oh actually the board apes were like 300,000 each. And the mutants reached $100,000 each. And then if you owned a board ape, you got dropped a huge amount of ape coin when they launched that coin. And if you owned a mutant, you got dropped a different smaller huge amount. If you owned all three, which also the the board ape 
Kennel Club is the other one, the dogs. If you owned all three of those, you got dropped a, you know, a shit ton of money. Like, as an example, I know one guy that owned three bored apes. He got three bored apes, and then he had like six mutants and three dogs. And as a result of that, he got dropped more than a million dollars worth of ape coin. Uh, just cash dropped into his crypto wallet. And that is insane. When it for 15, 20 bucks a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's tax implications of that and everything else, but like spending a few hundred dollars in early 2021 and in early 2022, getting like a million dollars literally dropped into your wallet. That's, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's one of the reasons. So we're hoping for yeah. things like that again. Yeah. Well, and I see, you know, besides just the money making, it, like to me, the technology, there's so much we, yeah, you know, we can change with the technology, you know, using this technology in other things. And that's why I'm just trying to always keep an ear out. You know, I can't participate like you guys do all the time, but I got it. I know there's something here technology wise that's going to change. Yeah. Like actually be a public use case. Boating, for instance. Yeah. Would be great. Yeah. How would you use uh, blockchain or Bitcoin in boating? That's, that's a good question. Blockchain. It's okay. You have, they could do a block for every person and every person can, you know, you have your wallet and your address to your thing and you can vote. So it's right there. It's permanent for that round. You can instantly check it, verify it. They can tally everything up in a freaking minute. Oh, I thought you said boating, not voting. No, voting. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. How does that work for voting? What are you, what are you voting on for boats? Voting. (laughs) <laughs> blockchain for voting? Ah, I can lose my my you know lose my keys. But voting and you know issues like this, you know, where we can change shit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like the technology is like that's one of the things with Vagabond Magazine that we're trying hard to do is like with Vagabond Magazine and Page Dow is we're trying to essentially give writers the ability to control more of their own content, to control their own publishing journey, to control their work moving forward so that, you know, I ran into issues with with my first book, Rough Living, where I basically lost out on revenue that was generated. And I think there's so many writers that have had that happen. So that's that's one of the things that Page Dow and Vagabond Magazine are really trying to do is to, to build new models for publishing and new models for magazines and content distribution so that the writers and the creators are getting, you know, their fair share at the very least. And maybe that they have complete and total control over their content, you know, for all time, which, you know, that's, that's the dream. That's a big order. But so, yeah. Okay. For voting, I was, I was all keen to hear about what boating was going to be with, uh, but maybe, maybe we should think about that. Like boating and fishing. How, how is the average fisherman going to benefit from blockchain? Uh, that'd be interesting. That's, that's another evening of smoking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I actually, I, I went to an event recently. It was called Vanishing Walls. A friend of mine here in, in Honolulu, he was the dev for a project where they, they created these murals and they're working with the Pono Fish Association. And what they're doing is they're in the University of Hawaii and they're measuring the temperature of the water. And as the water 
gets hotter, the coral dies, and the fish that survive on that coral die. And so they used blockchain to use, they, they tapped into the sensors, and as the water temperature goes up, the, the murals, the NFTs that they created actually fade. And if it reaches a certain point, it's just blank. You know, and if it cools back down, it becomes normal. So maybe that that's one way. But then they use the benefits of that to like support this foundation, which is Pono Fish, things like that. So that's kind of a cool use case for fish and boats. Yeah. Yeah, if you were tagging, you know, tag and release fish. Oh, yeah. For fishing contests, you could do it that way, too. Uh-huh. Like imagine catching a fish and being able to see like, oh, this is the same fish that Bubba Jones caught last year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they live that long, though. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't. I don't know anything about fish. Maybe, maybe if it was like a a, a big catfish or something. Yeah. So, uh, well, you guys, I I know it's a little bit late, so you know I'm happy you're here. What would you like to talk about? Feel free to. Uh, I, I guess we'll wrap it up in you know seven minutes, unless we want to like continue going anything i like the idea of a decentralized platform for things i like that idea that there's something that isn't tied to this website or that website because like in a situation where like myspace happened where everybody had there was like millions of songs on that website that just vanished overnight when they folded or not folded but did like some server jump and lost all that data and then like I feel like now a lot of content is tied to say Amazon Kindle a lot of video content is tied to like a YouTube is there any kind of web 3 ideas peer to peer solutions out there that would kind of be an alternative to like having to go through a, a website middleman. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of them like uh warp caster or, or warp cast farcaster is like a decentralized social media network. And the idea with that is that you're able to port your data from one platform to another. There's, there's a couple of these. There's another one. Deso is another one. Um, and, and so essentially like imagine if you were on, I'll use our old guy talk. If you imagine if you were on Friendster and you decided you wanted to leave Friendster and you wanted to go to MySpace. So the way that we all had to do it was we had to essentially like either abandon or delete or wait for our Friendster account to be deleted. Um, and then create a new account from MySpace, which maybe maybe you tried to replicate your Friendster account, maybe you like moved things over, but it wasn't all the same. And then and then eventually you moved to Facebook, and the MySpace account, you know, sat until Justin Timberlake deleted it or however that went down, and all your music disappeared. But with this new model, with with Farcaster and Warpcast, um, and I I have some invites for that. I don't think you need invites for it anymore, but but I have some. I think if if they are still needed. So the way that that works is you're at Friendster, you download all your data and you upload it complete and total. You like log into MySpace and all of your data is there, all your friends, all your content, because your data came with you. So it's ported. 
and then you moved it to Facebook. And once you go to Facebook, it's ported and you own it. And if Facebook uses it, they have to pay you for it, you know, and, and the same for Twitter and everything else. So Farcaster and Warpcast, uh, there's another one called, um, let's see, we've been using this platform called T2 lately, which, you know, I'm not really clear on their, like, where the data is stored or if it's if it's portable as Warpcast is. But T2 has some interesting ideas, and it's it's very much like a medium for writers. And Subcast or Substack is probably my favorite. And while it's not blockchain, it is the idea of Substack is also it has this portability and, and ownership of your own data. So so I'm a I'm a big fan of Substack. I love using Substack. I love putting the podcasts on there and getting everything on there. But I, I'm not completely clear on on how it all works. But I know that they're they're very forward thinking in terms of you should own your own data and your data should be portable. Let's see. And I'm looking now at my phone. Um oh and I, I think I think Threads, the new one from Facebook, is actually going to be implementing the same protocol that Mastodon uses, which is another one that allows you to port your data. So so Facebook may be moving in the direction of user data ownership, which would be kind of cool if a big company ended up being cool and one of the billionaires ended up being awesome. So I'm about to give somebody a really huge money-making tip that I can't implement, but I want to put it out there because we talked earlier about how you speak things into existence. And so this is a, this is a money maker for anyone who wants it. It's a website and it's called only buns. And it is just like live cams of bunny rabbits and people can pay Bitcoin and, or, you know, ethereum or whatever and when they do like a little snack like a grape or something rolls down the chute and they get to watch the bunny eat it <laughs> i fucking love it man i love it i would uh i would probably at least once a day go and like you know pay 50 cents for a grape or something <laughs> it's instant value and i just teach it i feel like there'd have to be limits on it because, like, you know, you wouldn't want the bunnies, like, <laughs> engorging themselves ridiculously. Like, or being buried like people, in grapes. <laughs> like, 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 people get really, like, dopamine addicted to it. And they're, like, just pouring, like, Bitcoin in, in like, a Vegas casino slot machine. You know, just feed rabbits and bananas and stuff to the bunnies. But, no, you take it a step further where you're, like, oh, you can you can pay to, like, feed the bunny but you can also like own the bunny and name the bunny but that costs x amount of coin i'm just picturing cds like i'm gonna crushing i feel like you're gonna go ahead man sorry oh i i'm no okay so i want to hear what you think i'm gonna say first and then i'll say no i was just gonna say that i feel like you're gonna edit all this out and be like man i'm keeping this idea for myself (laughs) No, I honestly I'm not gonna I'm not gonna build it. It's a great idea, but I hope somebody does build it. But I just wanna I just wanna put this out there that whoever does build it, please build in safeguards so that the bunnies don't get crushed under grapes because that would be a tragedy to watch. 
Yeah, don't Oppenheimer this. You know, do not use my invention for evil. It's only be used for bunny good and wholesomeness and uh, bunny love. <laughs> now, now here's a disturbing side of it. So, <laughs> what if we were to use the same idea but with ourselves? <laughs> Like, hey, pay us, pay fifty cents, and watch CD eat a, eat a grape. <laughs> Only if you're well, in a like joke. legit, man. There's like YouTube channels. It's nothing but people eating. So it's like, yeah, you could watch somebody eat, but you could pay to watch them eat. I don't know, man. It's a new world out there, and I don't quite understand the rules of what people give money for. Did you see that uh, that TikTok? influencer who was like she was like yum yum mm. you were like there was a it was viral she she was like they were they were dropping fake digital food to her and she was fake eating it you know but all the fake digital i have a friend who does this who's one of these like time types of influencers and basically they drop all these presents to them and for every one of those presents that someone drops that she pretends to eat she actually is getting paid like a small amount of money and, and she's making a pretty good living doing it. And the chick who went viral with it, um, she's, she's making an insane amount of money. So in a sense, uh, what was your, what was your channel called again? Bun fun, fun bun. Only, only buns. buns, only buns. <laughs> it's not that only buns. This is probably, it's probably already taken by something very, very different, but like, no, only buns is what we came up with. But, you know, whatever. Feel free to rebrand it. Uh, <laughs> it's like we love our bunny husbandry out here, but it's like we're we're more private with it. We don't want to exploit our bunnies on the on the internet. I did just look it up, only buns, and it uh, it's it has it's owned by someone, so I'm sure they want a lot of money for it. But it has three ads on it, and I'm surprised that the ads are food meal delivery companies bakery desserts and pastries so it's it's safe awesome. right now that is awesome <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that much right like what people want money for but yeah let's see i'm gonna i'm gonna click on it and see how much they're asking for it uh only buns is taken uh you can hire a broker to find out but the the broker charges you 70 bucks just to find out how much you're gonna have to get but Bunstube.com is available for just $5, and OnlyBuns.us is available also for $5. So you got options. Yeah, you know, whatever. I would, I would just go with the, 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 like, you know, TV or something, Tuvalu. I don't know. I'd go with a weird, whatever. It's, it's 2023. Is .com all that important these days? I don't know. Well, FunBuns.tv is available also for $50. <laughs> 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 well, it's like, whatever, we're on the Instagram thing and like, you know, we started like, you know, like any niche, it's like there's bunny influencers on Instagram and they're just like, you know, getting all these views of just their bunnies hopping around. That's just like, man, you need to monetize us a different way with, <laughs> with the great machine. <laughs> okay. So, so I just want to, you know, my final thought today is that the whole fucking influencer Instagram social media thing that we're living in right now is just so far away from what we actually need and should be doing. It, it's 
so disturbing. And one of the reasons why I created baldism and this like, you know, this ridiculous, this ridiculous religious idea of baldism and bald Jesus that, that hopefully nobody will ever take too seriously. But the whole reason why I created it was because I saw that religion's dying in our society, which is probably a good thing because of all the things that religion has done. And that what was filling it was stupid shit on TikTok and influencer culture and food channels and, yeah, bunnies hopping around and people just like trying to fill this empty hole that I feel like as humans we have this place that needs to be filled with something. And I was like, man, we need something to fill that that isn't TikTok or influencer culture. And that's sort of the initial place where baldism actually was born was me like going like, okay, what can fill that and not do any harm? You know, and, and one of the the big things with baldism, of course, is that there's no guru. There's nobody who's like the intermediary between you and God. You can talk to bald Jesus, but, you know, if anybody else tells you like, hey, this is what bald Jesus wants or, or bald Jesus tells you to do, then they're, they're fucking, they've lost the thread. Because the whole thing with bald Jesus is he says, don't be a dick. And then it's up to you to decide what's a dick and what's not a dick. Because, you know, so, so there's no intermediaries between you and, and God or you and bald Jesus or anything else. But back to the point, we're living in this kind of like twisted, sick time with this social media <laughs> influencer TikTok culture. And um, and religion is dying. And, and I feel like we need something to fill it. And that's where baldism comes in. So fill your soul with baldism, not with only buns. <laughs> do, do you have to be bald to be in the baldism? I mean, I'm already there. I'm just asking for a friend. No, no, you actually, you don't have to be bald. So the idea of, of baldism is, uh, is that, you know, so, so you know this, Anthony, like all of the, like all of the religious pictures, like the witnesses of religious pictures are always the funniest ones to me, you know, like their drawings. And I realize they're probably not as funny to you, but, but that particular style, the watchtower style, and there's always pictures of when there's pictures of Jesus, he has beautiful flowing hair, you know? And I, and I just thought, man, it's you know well coiffed. Yeah, he's well coiffed always. Like, like, what if Jesus was bald? Would they love him so much if he was bald? And I think, oh, that's a good way to like troll the like the Christians, you know, and the and the witnesses and, and the Mormons and everybody else is make Jesus bald and see what they think. And it turns out it was a pretty good way to troll him. Like, a lot of people got really offended by bald Jesus early on. Um, and I was like, what are you offended by? And they're like, he doesn't have any hair. And <laughs> I thought that was so great. Like, I actually had um, so I filed a trademark for bald Jesus and a religiously minded lawyer at the U S patent office, um, wrote this long letter about why the trademark should not be, uh, approved because it was just the son of God, but without hair and the son of God has hair. (laughs) Um, yeah, so you don't have to be bald. That's so funny that you mentioned that. Cause like I was growing up, like a religious kid in the eighties and like um, Jesus always looked like a shampoo commercial in our literature. And even back then I remember being this kid being like, what? You know, he had Pantene Pro V or something. He had a blow dryer. He looks like Kenny Loggins in every one of these pictures. <laughs> Kenny Loggins. <laughs> like, like for See? real. It's like some dude, it was, or some lady was probably up there at headquarters just like with, photo referencing a Kenny Loggins video probably just because she wanted to watch it needed the excuse. Hey, no, I'm just showing Jesus. I mean, the photo referencing. 
bizarre. I mean, I've seen pictures of pictures of Jesus where he's like he looks like he's on the cover of a bodice ripper, you know, like a romance novel with that beautiful Fabio hair. It's and it's just it's always been so ridiculous to me. So that's where this started. And then it started in Web three and there were just a bunch of people that like found it to be funny and we all started drawing pictures of bald Jesus, you know, and, and they were like, Oh, we need a we need a philosophy and I was like, you know, I'd already been thinking about like what it would take and I was like, Okay, just the philosophy of bald Jesus, the only rule is don't be a dick. That's it. And um and then we just kept drawing pictures of bald Jesus, you know, because because it's funny. And some of the pictures of bald Jesus, um, some of them were women. Some of them were, there was a, a bald Jesus cat. Um, and the, the list goes on and on. There's all kinds of bald Jesus. So, so baldism is all about bald Jesus. You can have plenty of hair if you, if you, and still love baldism. <laughs> that, that is good to know. Cause like, yeah, like I but, said, I'm good, but I got, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to like say though, like what you said was on point. Like I, I don't know. There's this digital culture out there, and I joke about the rabbit thing. It's just like, I like to watch the rabbit hop around the, the cabin. I don't know. I feel like other people would enjoy that too, but they can't have this, this luxury. Um, and I don't know. It's it's better than TV. <laughs> Looking at the rabbits. I'm sure. People. Remember, people watch the bald eagle babies in the nest. So, yeah, people watch almost anything nowadays. See, eventually I'd like to have, like, just videos of people shaving their heads on the Bald Jesus channel. Just like, you know, it doesn't have to be anything special. They could just be shaving their heads and and be like, oh, bald is beautiful. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's Maybe that's a stretch. It might be a little bit weird. Are we allowed to ask uh, the guru questions? Um, I know you're trying to close up, but I have one last question for you. Yeah, dude, I'm not a guru, though, but um, but you can ask any question at all. Like, it's fine. Okay, so my question is this. Okay, obviously you're a guy who's, like, super into technology. Uh, having read not all your books, but many of your books, I know you're also, I'm not going to say a tree hugger, but a guy who appreciates nature and and being in natural surroundings how do you personally balance like uh, this kind of artificial simulacra of a world uh that we're entering into uh with everything and everyone online uh potential you know metaverse or whatever else is coming down the line versus uh good old-fashioned taking a hike well it's a tough question i mean we live in the world that we live in or do we is is maybe the answer. You know, there's there are people who have pretty seriously projected that we probably live in a simulated universe, and that's that's a possibility, but does that really change the fact that we exist and that the things around us exist? So, for me personally, I value nature, I value our planet, I value where we live, even if it does turn out to be a digital environment that's been created, you know, I still have consciousness and I still want to value the things around me. So, for myself, I feel like nature and the natural world gives us a window into so much that is so important. So I try to find time to at least once a week go watch a sunset. Uh, I like to 
take some time during my day and just like look up at the clouds or look up at the the leaves being blown in the wind, look at the waves on the water and the, and the patterns that they're forming. I feel like this kind of like this kind of passive connection with nature is really important. Like it rebalances us. So that's one thing. Another thing is that I I don't I try I try not to take our planet and our existence for granted. You know I like. I don't know if it does any good, but but I buy as little plastic stuff as I can. If if I can avoid packaging, I avoid packaging. When I buy things that do come in plastic, I wash it out after I'm done and, and put it in the recycle bin. And I think it probably gets thrown in a landfill anyway or shipped to China. But I'm trying with this. And the same with, you know, reusing stuff. And this is another one that I'm, I'm not sure. Like sometimes I'll buy a bottle of water, a plastic bottle of water. And I always feel guilty about that. So I'll... I'll reuse the same plastic bottle 10, 12, 20 times before I actually put it in the recycling. And I don't know. I, I guess that keeps, you know, our tap water is pretty good here. So I can just fill it up. I like to drink cold water. I put it in the fridge. You know, that stuff. I I feel like three parts to that, to three three parts to the answer. One, it's important for us as human beings to connect with the natural world outside of the uh, of the electronic world. We have to take time to touch grass. We have to take time to connect with nature. We have to take time to connect with other human beings uh, in real life. And also, we can connect with you know. There's there's three ways to connect at this point. There's there's online. There's in real life, and then there's now in the in the metaverse, which is like a, a combination of real life and online. And I don't do a lot of metaverse connecting, but my kid does. She like hangs out with her best friends in the Roblox environment, and and I see the value of that. So connecting with people, connecting with nature, and connecting with the planet. That's that's a different aspect of realizing that that this planet is made up of you know more than 8 billion people and we're all breathing the same air and those same molecules are all going in and out of us and we're all a part of this like giant ecosystem that we're in and and we're all connected and we're all connected to this environment it's a really important thing to remember you know the astronauts have that that tiny blue dot moment they've all talked about you know where they look down and they see earth but i feel like all of us can do that if we just use our imagination the right way and if we like visualize it and this is one of the reasons why you know there's there's nine suggestions in baldism and and the nine suggestions are just like you know i feel like they've brought benefit to me and they've brought benefit to other people and you know maybe they'll bring benefit to people who need it you know one of the suggestions is to meditate and and stretch do yoga use your body you know but but essentially meditation is really important it's important to like calm your mind to clear your mind and to watch what the layers of of your thoughts are and see how they all stack up and see how that affects your your overall consciousness and and I'm pretty convinced I haven't gotten there yet but I'm pretty convinced that if you could meditate enough and visualize this stuff enough that you could actually start to see where the connections with other people begin and end in a in a whole different way than than we actually do it like i i'm trying to describe something that i don't know here but but i suspect is there so it's a little bit impossible but maybe that makes sense did i answer your question yes that answered my question just yeah (laughs) I just, I don't know. I'm not a tree hugger, but I find value in touching trees at least. It's good. Yeah, dude. Touching, touching trees, touching grass, 
you know, getting outside, feeling the rain on your face once in a while. I think it's really important. And if we are in a created metaverse and we're living in that, like, fucking kudos to the creator, man, that, that like, coded this shit because it's awesome. Yeah, it, it's very amazing. And to be able to experience it and to uh, live within it is good. And be able to work online is good, too. So I can live out in the middle of it and enjoy my chickens and my rabbits. I don't know. I'm always so torn between new technology and stuff because I still value the natural world, but it's also the means, the technology is the means I use to create and do all the fun, cool things I I like to do. So I appreciate your perspective on it. I appreciate your perspective. And I'd love to hear Delta Rat's perspective on it too. I know he's out in the, out in the wild frequently. Well, I'm on the river. At least once a week. I've <clears throat> my thought is, you know, I've always hoped that science and technology would bring us, you know, e- it's always sold us to, hey, it's going to make your life easier and smoother, and yet we basically all are slaves to this. Yeah, you don't have, you know, very few have that option. You'd be able to leave. Yeah, I would dream to be out in the middle of <laughs> and work off the internet. And unfortunately, I'm a guy, you know, blue collar type. You know, I work with the hands <clears throat> and have to be local. I'm hoping with this technology that we're going to. Yeah, my philosophy is, you know, most of us don't really have to work. Yeah, we don't. We have the technology to feed the world, to do. You know, we just need to change our our mental philosophy. Yeah, it's the resources are all here. We can do it all, and we all don't need the slave for you know. And because one, you know, for money. Because when you fight for money, then you're fighting. Yeah, then people do stupid shit or evil shit. So it's it. That's where I'm hoping technology can kind of curb some of those things that man, you know, where he shortcuts and in life and, you know, we can just clean it up with a little technology and science. That's what I say. <laughs> My dream out here is just to build furniture and then I'll have a Mr. CD show me how to do tie that into some NFT somehow like you want your old timey Ozark <laughs> furniture oh no you gotta get the high technology uh, certificate to go along with it or it's not complete whoa okay did this time work for you guys you want to do this again next week yeah yeah I'm enjoying it's fun I won't be so stoned next week again be as stoned as you want, man. Be as stoned as makes you happy. <laughs> it was funny. I thought originally, I swore this was like two thirty, or you know, I had to ask, you know, the Emma Alexa what the time difference was, and so I said, I figured the thing was like at two thirty or something, something what I saw because I see everything on my phone. So two thirty, <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh no, 4.20. I'm like, ah, nice. Yeah, so. Yeah, time works, but. It was earlier to begin with. My friend invited me to go hiking, and I was like, I'm going to miss the fucking 
the sesh if I do that. And then I was like, oh, I can change the sesh. Nobody's RSVP'd, so I'll change it to 420. Ah. So, <laughs> so I wasn't seeing things. Fuck. <laughs> you might have been, but uh, not that. You might have seen something else. Who knows? So, no yeah, promises for me. No promises for me next week, but I'll try if I can. But like, it's super late here for me. Yeah, you would it be? Got, you got sleep deprived Anthony mode, so I hope I I didn't ramble incoherently like I'm doing right now. Nah, you're you're totally good, man. And um, you know, maybe I'll have something to do next Sunday night, and I'll I'll move it earlier. So keep your eyes on the time. We'll do. Well, I'm glad you guys came. This is the first time anybody showed up for the uh, the Sunday sesh, but hopefully we can start filling this filling this room up with a bunch of people. It would be awesome. If we Sounds don't, good. it's good just to have you guys. I'm glad you're here. Aloha. Hi. Aloha. Aloha. Night. Aha. Night. Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are. All right. Good night. <laughs>